0: Okay, in John the tenth chapter, I'm just going to read the uh, first ten verses. The whole chapter is pretty awesome, and to get the fullness of it, it it would uh, do us all well to to read it and reread it. You know, John ten, truly, truly, in verse one, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he that enters in. By the door the shep, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers verse 7 truly truly said jesus i say unto you i say and he says unto all of us i am the door of the sheep all that ever came before me this is something all that ever came before me and my love for you are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them i am the door by me, if any man enters in, he will be saved. And he'll go in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes not but, to, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm just going to read some scriptures because I don't want to lose the correlative thought that God the Holy Spirit gave uh, to me this morning normally I would by the grace of almighty God and the true teacher of the Holy Spirit I would normally quote these and I want to do that this morning this is Psalm 27 and verse 10 when my father and my mother forsake me then the Lord will take me up and this is going to turn to Matthew the 11th chapter and Matthew, the 11th chapter. And, and again, you can read the whole, the whole portion of it in Matthew, the 11th chapter, really in the first 19 verses of Matthew 11. Here is here's our shepherd, Jesus Christ, the one shepherd in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 11. He is the fullness. And when it says, I've never seen it, this way before, but in John 1 and verse 14 and in, in, in John 1 and verse 16, he is the fullness. When it says he's the fullness of grace and truth, he is the fullness of God's love. He's the fullness of it. And here he is in his humanity that, that he clothed himself for us in identity. God did that. You know, so many times that one of the first thoughts that came to my mind was how the enemy does this. He so wants to separate God from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. At times, he just wants us to focus on Christ who did everything. Yet it was, listen, here's the thing. It was a father that gave his son to us. It was God. And they were all in agreement in Acts 2 and verse 23. Here he is in his humanity. In Matthew the 11th chapter, you can also see it in Luke the 7th chapter and other places. But here he was, the fullness of God's love. And he was hated and he was rejected. He was rejected. He was rejected. And we, we have a need, obviously, and that is to be loved by God because God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, right through verse 20. And in John 13, uh, 1, and 13, 34, and 35. I love John 13, 1. It says, having loved his own, he loved them unto the end. He's speaking that from an eternal viewpoint. And Revelations 2 and verse 17 brings that out clearly. So here he is. He's rejected. And you can see the source of it. But look at... We'll get to verse 25, and this is what it says. At that time, at the time that he's being hated and rejected and thought nothing of, missing in one sense, not that (laughs) missing in one sense, but maybe in his humanity, how he loved so deeply, but yet wanted to be loved back, but wasn't. In verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you. And this is what he says. Oh, Father. He had a place to go in the midst of the hatred and rejection. He had a place to go when all else would forsake him. In Matthew 26 and 56, even those that he loved so deeply and it didn't change his love for them, those that were closest to him, even in Peter, James, and John and all the others of the disciples. He said, Oh, Father. And this is what he said, Lord of heaven. Boy, he can speak this. He's our interceder right now. He intercedes for us in heaven. And look what he went through. He said, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent, prudent and has revealed them unto who? Uh his babes. Babes. Even so, listen when he says, Father. For so it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered unto me, of my Father. And no man knows of the Son, but the Father. It's amazing. That goes back to John 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, the Word, the Word with God, and the Word God. The same in the very beginning with God, in the eternal is. Neither knows any man the Father except the Son. This is this great love exchange that they had and still had the whole time. And I loved how this was brought out. And we'll we'll bring it out. And uh, no man knows the Father except the Son. And he whomsoever the Son will reveal. Now he said, come unto me. You need a father, and you, be loved, you come unto me. When your father and your mother forsake you, it could be ignorance. It could be just outright rebellion and, and stubbornness. It could be their pain. It be, could it could be because of what they miss. Then the Lord will take me up. I'll tell you how he takes us up. He takes us up with a shepherd. And when we have a shepherd, we have a father. You know, some have said, and I don't know if I like this too much, and, I don't even know if that matters what I like or not. I don't even know if that matters. Some have referred to God the Holy Spirit as the mother heart of God. Well, I would just say it like this, and I'm not so sure if I like that. But what I what I do know is that God created man and women. He made them to function a certain way, and he knows it. And so. We see out of that relationship between the Father and the Son, the whole time, the Holy Spirit, literally, in a continuous way, eternal senses proceeding from both as (laughs) one. So he said, and he said this, and I didn't even know I was doing this this morning, but he said, come unto me. All you that are laboring. All you that you are laboring, you don't have a Father. And uh, you don't experience the father's love. And maybe you missed a mother's love and things that God created you for. Maybe that's what it is. He said, come unto me, all you that are laboring over that. You need not be in met by a mother and a father, a father and a mother, and are heavy laden in all the things that we will see. And I will give you rest. Notice this, and he says it in the most gentle tones. I mean, the most, take my yoke upon you. In other words, he's designed something for each of us that maybe our fathers and mothers missed. Maybe they did. Causes us to labor. And when we do, we can do it ignorantly and put that on other people. And cause them to be heavy laden. I just want to be done with it. I do because you see when we don't have love. Then lust takes over and it's insatiable. It, it just, it's just insatiable. This lust of the fallen nature and the flesh is always in competition. With Christ loving us. Take my yoke upon you. And I just want you to learn of me. Why? Because I'm going to, listen, through me, I bring you a father and mother. For I am meek, and I've learned this in my humility, and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to read again here and some more scriptures this morning. Normally, you know, and maybe in haste I would quote them, but I, I don't want to do that this morning. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 56. From F- Psalm 56. In <clears throat> verse 8, it says, You tell my wanderings. There's <laughs> this picture a lost little boy and lost little girl, and they're wandering, searching to fill the void of a father. And a mother. You tell all my wanderings, I can't tell you how many times I've wandered, and things I tried to put in that hole It just never satisfied. You put my tears into your bottle. <laughs> the little boy, and the little girl that cries and wants a father and a mother and cries. You know how, how we hide that. Oh, how we're taught that men don't cry and, and, and all these crazy things that, that go into us, you know, because the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. You put my tears into your bottle, and they're all in your book. In verse 9, when I cry, and when I cry unto you, then will my enemies turn back. Because this I know, and I only know it in his love. God is for me. And then I'll just read here. And I'll just read right here in Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans 8. <clears throat> in verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you know, this is the other comforter that we have. That's the Holy Spirit. We have Christ interceding for us in heaven. He's, he's, he's that comforter in heaven. And then on earth. Go back to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Heaven and earth. God's taking care of us in heaven. And he's not, he's not going to forget us. And he's going to take care of us on this earth. And he gave us the comforter of that same love on earth. The Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. You know what they're going to reveal? You're sons of God. Sons. You've got a father. And you have, you have a, a, a mother. Sons of God. For we have not received. Oh God. Anymore. The Spirit of bondage. Again. For fear for fear. You know, perfected love from a father who sent his son, casts out fear in first John four eighteen. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry. We cry out, Abba Father. We cry. And the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. Oh, that you are loved. You are loved, child, by God. You are loved. You are loved. And then in Galatians, the fourth chapter, and verse four says, "But when the fullness of time was come, the fullness of time. That's our time, each of us individually, the fullness of time, because." He didn't separate his thoughts, his eternal thoughts, from us. Time couldn't do that. Time couldn't do it. When the fullness of time was was come, God, who was a father, sent his son. Made of a woman, like all of us. <laughs> in, in a different sense, but still in humanity. <sighs> made under the law <laughs> of oh, God. Oh, he saw all the devastating effects of that. The law, is the law just the Ten Commandments in Exodus 23 to 17? No, it's the law of sin and death. He saw it in Romans 8, 2 and 3. The law of sin and death. To redeem them that were under the law of God. That law of sin and death. That we might receive. And this is for us experientially the adoption of sons. And because we are sons, God has sent forth the Holy Spirit of his Son into our minds, our hearts, crying, crying, Abba, Father, and you're no more a servant. You're no more a slave to lust or a slave to labor and and being laden, but a son, and and if a son, an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Here is Hebrews. Here is Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Again, God wants us to see that Jesus. He took every one of our cries on Calvary, when He cried out, and the reason that God had to forsake Him, is that so that He could never forsake us, and so we see that when Jesus cried out in Matthew twenty-two and verse one and. In Matthew 27 and verse 46, he said, My God, Father, crying it out, My God, Holy Spirit, why have you forsaken me? And he didn't. He answered his prayer through the resurrection. But not only did he answer the prayer in resurrection for him, he took us with him. (laughs) He did that for his father. And his father said, Really, in one sense, surprised them, and said, "'Here now, all these are yours. You see this in John the seventeenth chapter, and that's how, that's personally we have that with him. We share in it eternal fatherhood through Jesus Christ in revelations two and verse seventeen. Here's Hebrews the fifth chapter, Hebrews chapter five In verse six, it says he said." Also, in another place, in another, you are a priest forever after the order of Mel- Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type. It wasn't made known his father or his mother. He just, you know, and in that sense, the son of God as a type. As he said also in another place, you're a priest. Verse 7 Who in the days of his humanity, When he offered up prayers and supplications, listen to this, with strong crying and tears. And God put this thought in my heart this morning. And he said, did you know that my son never cried for himself? Never did. He never shed a tear for himself. Even when he was crying out, and he was crying out in 22 and verse 1 of Psalm in 27. Verse 46 of Matthew, he was crying out. And maybe in a sense, but he was crying out first for his father that he would have to miss the son in a blip, really. In a blip. I think he first thought of that. He might have thought of himself, but without sin, by the way. He could do that without sin. He cried, but he never cried. He never cried with a sin nature. He cried with a human nature, an impeccable human nature. He cried with tears unto him that was able to save him, deliver him from death. And God answered that through the resurrection and was heard in that he had on reverence for his father and for God the Holy Spirit. Though he were a son, though he was the very son of God who, who didn't have to learn obedience, in his deity but as a son a creation of his in Luke one forty six, and in John 1 and verse 14 he had to he, he learned obedience not through failure not through sin he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and being made complete he became the author of eternal deliverance, salvation unto all them that just simply obey, submit to him, run to him, fly to him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And then here in Revelations 7. Again, I'm going to read it there and you'll see the context of where that is and we won't go into that this morning. 7.17, it says, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne, will feed them. This is continually for us. This is, this is Ephesians 3 and verse 19. Do you see my son and my daughter? I, through Christ, Christ with us, he wants. he's going to fellowship with us intimately in the name in Revelations 2 and 17. It's the hidden manna. And the way that God brought it out this morning, the hidden manna, when you didn't think you had a father or a mother, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you all along in Revelations 2 and verse 17. See? He will feed them and will lead them into living fountains of water and God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. All tears. And then in Revelations 21, in Revelations 21 here, In verse 3, and you can read the rest, it said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's, a, that's Christ, who tabernacled himself in that humanity in 114. That was hated. Hated like no other. Mistreated and hated like no other. You know, And all that hatred and rejection, he is saying, I know what, what you went through. I know what you missed. But I have a father. And all my hatred and all the hatred that was against me in rejection, I have a father. And I'll lead you to him. But you need a yoke. You know, we need this yoke. Boy, it's a loving thing, this yoke. Saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, people of God's love. And God himself will be with them, their God. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there will be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. Neither will be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. They've already passed away for us in Christ. We're on our way through this passing scene of world system where all this happens. And 1 Peter 2.11, we're on our way to our face-to-face meeting with him. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12 and in Revelation 2 and verse 17. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, and he's saying this unto us. I want you to write these words on your heart. Because they're true. And they're faithful. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said all others. All others, and who are others? All those others are in competition with him. They're competing because that's the enemy. Through people, not blaming, but through ignorance or outright ignorance and missing it themselves, or outright rebellion and stubbornness and hatred. Others that had no competency because they were destitute of it themselves. God sent his son. He sent his son. All others seek to replace him. This is the enemy that comes to seek, uh, the enemy comes to, uh, to, to seek, to kill and destroy. All others, they try and mount up some other way. This is the enemy trying to get in between the love of God and the unsaved And us experientially. All others mount some other way. You know, in Acts, watch this. In Acts, and all others are impostors. All others are impostors. They're all false Christ. They're all that. That's where we get all this bad, evil teaching. Or even the lack of it. But even in Acts 5 and verse 36, there's a man there through And you can see where he boasted to be somebody. In the place of Christ. And then you see Judas of Galilee in Acts 5.37. And what was he doing? Drawing away people after him. (laughs) After him. You know, he's our head. He's our authority. No man is ever that. Just Christ the man. He's the one. But he wants to draw people away. Look at through church history. You look at it from Genesis, the fourth chapter, how Satan got Cain drawn away. Drawn away from Christ. Drawn away. Still had every opportunity. That was the love of God through Christ. It was speaking to him, even in his failure and his rejection. And to me, I I, I tried to put my thoughts to this and I thought, to myself, I mean, God, here you are bringing me to this place of this love that's so incredible. And God, I could never say no to that. How does some do? I don't know. I don't know that. And, uh, and you know what? I don't have to in that sense. I don't have to get involved with that. I just have to uh, preach Christ as his love is in me through the power of the Holy Spirit by the Father just flowing through me. Well, and we know that the, the Pharisees, and you can see that in Matthew 23, 1 through 33, the Pharisees love the first seats. They want to sit and only they want to sit in Jesus' throne, but they don't want him. I to be loved by like this by God, like I was this morning, I cannot even, I can't fathom how evil evil is and how evil I cannot even begin to pass. I'm like how could people say no to this I don't know maybe they don't know I'll tell you they don't have a shepherd they don't have a shepherd The Pharisees love the first seat seats and the scribes and doctors of the law lay heavy burdens on men they do you know what the sheep you and me that are taught of God and we hear his voice, and not theirs. we have his care for us, his love for us, and the porter, holy Spirit here in this place, is doing his work, and he, the Holy Spirit in first John two twenty romans 8, 16, 1 john two twenty seven john sixteen thirteen and fourteen he's opening he's opening the door in us. <laughs> He's opening it. That's Jesus in Revelation 3 and verse 20. He's saying, don't let all those things that the Laodiceans people, all the material things, don't allow the enemy to use those to replace my love for you because I'm still knocking on the door. You know, he's still knocking. Those are born again believers in Revelation 3.20 and he's knocking on our door and saying, here, I have a yoke for you. It's my Father's love in me, through me, with the Holy Spirit. And I want, you, I want to put it on you and yoke you up to my love. Because it never fails in First Corinthians 13, in verse 8. It doesn't fail. Set me as a seal upon your heart and upon your arm. In Song of Solomon 8, verse 6 and 7. For jealousy is strong as the grave, but love, love is stronger. It's stronger than that. My love for you. Well, the sheep hear his voice. And no matter who it is, if it's not Christ and not his love, it's, it's the thief. It's the thief, the enemy that's coming in. And, and uh, how precious is this? Oh, how we have a need. And oh, how I, I wasn't even aware of the need that I had this morning I I was not even aware of it other things were in my mind other things and a lot of those things had nothing to do with who Christ is and that's why we have the need of the shepherd because the enemy for us in Christ all he wants to continually do because he can't sin which is evil Sin, which has guilt and condemnation attached to it, cannot touch my eternal life, my position in Christ. So he, the enemy, the thief, goes after our experience. That's what he goes after. And if he can gain our experience through no matter what, the lie he says, this thing can replace it. You have a need. It's not being met. So here, you can go here. You can have this thing. But all at the end of those things do is what? He wants to cause shame in us. Shame. You know, we have shame. And and that shame from the enemy, the thief, is always in competition with, with the love of Christ in us who's dealt with it and done away with all the shame. He has done away with all of that. He's done away with it. We've said, and I've been taught and learning it, that we can hide in self or sin, or we can hide in his love. It's our hiding place. Christ is our hiding place. This brings out Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. 3. And this is what I love this. In the blamelessness of the accomplishment of God's love for us through Jesus Christ, has dealt with all shame. All shame. and you know all how the enemy tries to put on us? Labor, laboring over my own guilt, my own shame, my own failure, my own lack. Or others putting it on me because they might not have a shepherd and they want to put things on me. We have the privilege to bring them to the shepherd. That's why he's their authority. The pastor's never our authority any more than the pastor is his own authority. Christ is our authority. The love of God is our authority. And it breaks all shame and guilt and condemnation. And so, in this blamelessness, there's no shame in the Son of His love. And that's what God brought out to me this morning. And He brought it out to me. And in an incredible way this morning and and he brought it out with so many other verses that we just don't have the time uh, to go into this morning but in Colossians the first chapter if you look at this beautiful flow and we can see it even in the 12th verse giving thanks unto who? Father giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us, listen to this, he made us qualified, meet, qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who is the light? It's Christ. Who has, this is past tense, delivered us from the power of darkness. The power of darkness And has transliterated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That's what it says in the original, to the Son of His love. He's brought us back. He's brought us back to the place. And this is why John, this is why John would lay his head in John 13, 23 on Jesus' breast. His breast was the place of the most intimate, deep, desire of the affectionate love of God the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit for us to give to us. And it's called the Kolpon, K-O-L-P-O-N. That's the bosom. That's the bosom. Jesus came out, Son of God came out and then he put on perfect humanity and he brought the fullness for each of us of of the fullness of the bosom, intimate love of God for us that maybe we missed with our fathers and our mothers or with each other, but he brought it to us. The coal pond. And that's the place where there's no shame. That's the place where there's no guilt and condemnation. That's the place where we don't play the blame game and try to make others to be a Messiah, uh, to be Christ, because we miss the shepherd in our life. No one can replace him. He's irreplaceable. There's no shame in the son of his love. And Kolpon he said, write it down. And I wrote it down. The place of the continuous depth of his most intimate love for us. That we're growing in now for all eternity. I can't tell you the, the, the people that I thought of, that God had in his mind, God our Father had in his mind, the men, men and women, too. And I mean it. That he brought before my mind as this thing was, this message was flowing in me in a way that I know I'm falling so short of. The way that he did bring it, but I can't tell you the, I cannot tell you how many I thought, I thought of. The men and women, I, I can't even begin to tell you, how many he had this for. But this is what he has to do in each of us. In each of us, this is what he had to do in me. And this is what he was doing with me this morning when I had this little green Bible open as he was taking me through it. He said to me, Ed, I have to break your pride. I have to in my love, through discipline, loving chastisement, so that my love can flow in you and in an abundance flow out to others. Because, you know, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And I'll close with just reading these uh, verses here. But just think of everything that Jesus went through for you and I to give us his heart of a mother and a father through him as our shepherd. And he gave and he gives us and he's still doing it today, this morning. And every day he gives comfort, the depth of most, the comfort of his love out of the deepest sufferings that he went through. Never thought of himself, not for a second. Never shed a tear for himself, never did, never did. Never did, but here we see here, and this is why God has to break us. You no know, boy, men don't want to do that. And women, when they don't have it, the enemy comes in and deceives. And when men don't have that love, they just continually transgress. They know better, but they still do it. And I don't want to do it anymore. Psalm 34. You can watch that flow. It's a beautiful flow. We don't have the time this morning. Verse 17. Those that are Christ, Listen, those that have the shepherd, they cry and the Lord hears. You know why? Because every cry we had, he answered to his son. Every cry. I wish I had a dad, not to blame him. I wish I had a dad that even when he would correct me, it would be, well, anyways, I just wish I had a dad and a mom. And I don't have to live in anger against either of them in my life. And that we hide in when we don't even know it. And we we cover it over. We don't even know it. But it's there. It has to be dealt with in God's love. That's where he has to break the pride. The righteous cry, those that are Christ, they have a shepherd. And the Lord hears. He hears what? He hears us through Jesus Christ. He hears us. Every prayer, everything is answered. Every cry is answered and delivered them out of all their troubles. <laughs> the trouble of missing a mom and a dad, troubles of my own that I caused and can't really blame anybody else for. The Lord is near, so near. And there's the yoke, the necessity of the yoke. Boy, young people need it. In Lamentations 3 and verse 27. They need to be yoked up with Jesus early. And to know their creator, their love creator in Ecclesiastes 12.1. So that when the evil days come, boy, oh boy, and they will. But God is greater than them. In 1 John 4.4 4, and 1 John 5 and verse 4. But oh, how uh, so many I thought of this morning. I in, in not in an accusing sense or a condemning sense. I know what it's like as a young child who cried for, and not even maybe knowing why I was crying, the love of a father and a mother in in a godly family. And he's put us into a family. And you see that in John 13, 1 through 35, in a beautiful way and how that love constantly cleanses us and deals with pride, deals with us, so love can continue to flow in us personally and, and through each other. The Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart. Will. Broken heart. That finally just cry out. I can't meet this need. I've looked everywhere. I've looked within. There's no help and there's no hope there. I've looked without. I have all these things. All these material things. And you know what? After a while they're dust collectors. They just don't do it. They don't do it. And he saves such as be of a contrite heart, spirit. Many are the afflictions of those that are righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. And I read this one. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. And what the way he was revealing that to me. And I read it in Exodus 12 and verse 46 and in numbers nine and verse 12, and why they didn't, the soldiers didn't break Jesus' bones, in John 19 and verse 36, because the sacrifice of the bones were never to be broken, and that love was flowing. Nothing broke it <laughs> But yet he has to break us, so that love can flow. And then we see it finally in Psalm 51. Psalm 51. The sacrifices in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not lightly esteem. You will not take it for granted. You will never take a righteous cry for granted. You couldn't. Because you answered it through your son. You answered it and you did it beautifully. Isaiah 66 verse 1, Thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. you see love flowing? Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? This is, this is our shepherd. For all these things have my hand made. Listen to this. All these things. Think of every material thing. The beauty of creation. All these things have my hand made. Have been, says the Lord. But, but. To this one will I look, even to him that is poor. Is Jesus poor? In human terms? Yeah. Rich with love. Him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and he trembles. His love is so great. He trembles at my word, my son, where all my love is located. Don't allow any imposters in your life. Don't allow any. All are thieves and robbers. Nope. They're climbing up some other way. Don't let them climb up in your experience. Don't. Nope. no. Nope. We do have a father. Always. Always wanted one. And a mom. And in ways I still had them and they did the best they could. But, you know, in, in the depth of meeting my need, they could never do that. They did their best, but they could never do what only Jesus could do. And the father giving his son and giving him to us with a mother and father. All others, all others are in competition with him. I, I cannot fathom. I, I can't. And I don't want to forget it either because we can easily leave. I can easily leave of this first love. That first love is the eternal love of God. I don't want to leave that. And the enemy will bring in theology, scholarship, and many books. See that in Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 13. You can see it. Many books, there's a wearying. When you go to those books to get knowledge, declarative knowledge, you're not experiencing his love. And the enemy, if he can't stop that, he's going to try and stop the experience. The Copan the bosom, the place of the continuous depth of God's love for us. And I got to tell you, that's the love that was flowing in me and in multitudes of people this morning. I, I, it just kept going on of people to have uh, this father. And that's why it says in First John two twelve through 14, and I'm growing and I don't know this like I ought to and I'm growing with you in this love this love as a babe as a young man man but I hope and pray as the spiritual dad to love people to bring them to the sh- to the shepherd where they have a loving father and mother to bring them and show them that maybe maybe others Mess. Maybe our fathers and mothers missed, but God sure did not. And, and it's not accusing either, by the way, in, Matt, in, in Psalm 27, verse 10. When my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. And this he does through the shepherd. And Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I, I don't know where I would be without you. And I so want others to have this. And I so want that with others. I thought of so many with me. And I, was, I felt myself in the crowd. And I'll close with this. And I've shared this before. But uh, one of these times when I was laying down in Florida. I'm laying down on my bed. And it was like God woke me up. He woke me up out of a sound sleep. And it was like I was instantly in his presence. And uh, it was like a a picture, and I can't explain what the picture was like, but it was like, it was a picture of like Jesus, uh, the shepherd. And I can't explain it, but it was such a beautiful face. And... To the side of it was was the face of this man. To the other side of it was the face of this man. And he showed me it was my father in heaven in his presence. And he was saying, I just can't wait to see you, to love you, and for us together for all eternity. And I've seen that face. I saw it with one other person. And I, I'm not going to say who, but I did see it with one other person. They were like, there was Jesus' face. And out to the side, close to him, he was just, he was there. And, and, and God was telling me about, about my, my natural father. It was almost like he was asking permission. Can I be the first to greet him? We're going to have that. We're so many. We're so many. And he's going to show us we're not going to miss it. We're going to have it personally in Revelations 2 and verse 17. We're going to have it personally. But we'll be able to have it in an eternal way with love flowing through our moms and dads. And we're going to know each other in heaven. There's no question about that. Too much in the Bible reveals that. We're going to know know each other, but we'll only know each other in in the blamelessness and the shamelessness of His love. And Lord, we do thank you in Jesus' name for your beautiful counsel. And thank you, Lord. Amen.